Praise the Lord. It's wonderful to be in this house today. Please turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 13. Matthew 13, beginning at verse 24. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. One sowed good seed. One sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, an enemy came. Those that were keepers of the field were sleeping. While they slept, an enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. And went his way. Awake, O sleeper. A little sleep. A little slumber. The question came, sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And the answer came. He said to them, An enemy has done this. The enemy sows in the field. He sows tares. Tares, a kind of darnel resembling wheat, except the grains are black. Bastard wheat. False grain. Can you believe the kindness, the mercy of the Lord that tares to some measure receive provision that they too might grow? That they might grow among the wheat? And yet the Word says they are tares. Bastard wheat. He is not the sower of such and not the father of These are of the sowing of the devil. Not many days ago now, I looked out into my backyard and there stood a band of wheat bowing over toward water in a fountain. 
The prophetic is real. Lord, make us more aware of these things. Wheat pines for water. Do tares pine for water? Tares need water too. But tares don't bow. Psalm 63, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you, on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Because you have been my help, therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me, but those who seek my life to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. You know, the world is a dry and thirsty land. Wheat, know from where true supply comes. Those that are of wheat nature... Oh God, you are my God. They seek him early. They thirst for him. Their flesh longs for him. They look for him in the sanctuary to see his power and his glory. They praise him for his loving kindness that is better than life. They bless him while they live. They lift up their hands in his name. Their souls are satisfied. Their mouths praise him with joyful lips. They indeed remember him upon their bed. They meditate on him in the night watches because he has been their help. Therefore, in the shadow of his wings, they rejoice. They follow close. His right hand upholds him. And they have the protection of the one who planted them. Wheat. And tares. It is clear from the text the enemy intentionally sows tares among the wheat. If one is divinely educated, it's not hard to tell the difference. Resemblance of form yet false. Now concerning the end, the word of the Lord speaks, Deuteronomy 23, 2. A bastard shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Even to his tenth generation shall he not enter into the congregation of the Lord. I know that this has prophecy in it. When we read the text, Matthew 3, verse 12, his winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. 
Deuteronomy, the New King James Version, one of illegitimate birth shall not enter the assembly of the Lord, even to the tenth generation. None of his descendants shall enter the assembly of the Lord. That which is sown must be legitimate. Concerning wheat, wheat must continue to bow and obey. Wheat must not succumb to the bastard nature. A word to the wheat today, trust his plan. Be the children of your Father in heaven. He maketh his son to rise on the evil and good, sending rain on the just and the unjust. Ah, but the harvest is coming. Wheat, we must continue to accept with expectation the chastening of the Lord. What does the Bible say? Hebrews 12, beginning at verse 5. And have you forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons? My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us, as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those that have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. And make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. A field. And one sowed good seed. The enemy intentionally came and sowed tares among the wheat. Wheat must take care that it does not get grinded down by the tares. Now, we understand that we are wheat in the text, should we be legitimate, and we too are the keepers of the field. Heaven forbid we sleep and slumber when slumber is forbidden. While men slept, his enemy came. We also must be careful that we do not sow in the Lord's field like the enemy. 
Isaiah 17.10, reading from the Knox Bible, Thou didst forget the God who delivered thee, and gavest no thought to thy strong protector. Thou art like one who plants on soil of good promise, but all the while is putting in bastard shoots. The enemy sows tares with intent. His desire is that they cripple the wheat. Halt soldier wheat. Hinder, steal, kill, destroy. Breed the inferior. Shall they hide? Hide among the wheat, this false nature? Tears in the field, sown by the enemy. This is a serious word. And the Lord delivered it. He said, A man sowed. A man sowed in the field, in his field. He sowed good seed. Good seed. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed in that field tares among the wheat. You know, tares bring challenge, and tares cause challenge. Wheat must stray, stay true. Wheat must hold fast. Wheat knows whom they were sowing by and for what purpose. I say to the church today, people of God, we are living in harvest days. And there will come the great harvest day. There's a field out there and the mandate of the Lord concerning the field is upon us. You may be in this room today and you say, no, it's not time. What did Jesus say in the book of John, chapter 4? John 4, beginning at verse 34, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. Listen, church, Jesus said the harvest is ready, not that it's getting ready or will be ready. Lift up your eyes. Look to the field. What are we looking to and at? I'm not here today to confuse a single soul. What's clear is that there is both wheat and tares in the field. And remember this, harvest days and the great harvest day. An enemy sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. He sowed with intent. And we know that he comes back to the field sowing still. 
and to have his way with the wheat before the harvest, before it can be harvested. And his servants come, and his planted act. Remember the man Peter? The enemy knew Peter was a threat. The enemy that sows in the field. He knew that Peter was a threat, so he asked for him to break him, to sift him as wheat. Luke 22, verses 31 and 32, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. The margin of my KJV Bible concerning desired to have you or obtained you by asking. Does this not resemble the account of Job? The Lord knows his wheat well. He was willing to bet on Job, and he was willing to bet on Peter. Wheat will have to deal with the enemy as he seeks to sift them. I share these words. When Jesus walked the earth, he knew all too well the fierceness of Satan's power, that he comes with every weapon in hell to sift the Lord's people. I don't think any of us can comprehend the great conflict raging right now in the spiritual realm. Nor do we realize how determined Satan is to destroy all believers who have fixed their hungering hearts firmly on going all the way with Christ. But it is true that in our Christian walk we cross a line. The obedience line. That sets off every alarm in hell. And the moment we cross that line into a life of obedience to God's word and dependence on Jesus alone, we become a threat to the kingdom of darkness and a prime target of demonic principalities and powers. The testimony of every believer who turns to the Lord with all his heart includes the sudden onslaught of strange and intense troubles and trials. If you've crossed the obedience line, then you are making waves in the unseen world. In Luke 22, 28 to 34, Jesus introduces the subject of the sifting of saints. Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you. That he may sift you as wheat. In Christ's day, grain workers used a sieve just before they sacked grain. They shoveled wheat into a square box covered with netting, then turned the box upside down and shook it violently. The grit and dirt fell through the netting until only the grain kernels remained. In this verse, sift means to be shaken and separated, to be shocked through the agitation of sudden trials. Jesus used this analogy to say to Peter, 
Satan believes you're nothing but grit and dirt. And that when he puts you in the sieve and shakes you, you will fall through to the ground. There are tests and trials. And then there is sifting. I see sifting as one major all-out satanic onslaught. It is usually compressed into a short but very intense period of time. For Peter, the sifting would only last a few days, but those days would become the most faith-shaking, shocking, and remorseful days of his life. That sifting time shook out the pride that had brought Peter down. The shaking rid his soul of hindrances that could have destroyed his witness once and for all. Thank God Peter's faith did not fail. And as surely as Jesus prayed for his faith to fail not, so he prays for us in the same manner. The enemy came to sift Peter's wheat. He said, Peter, the enemy's asked for you. To have his way with you. But you know, the sifting only proved the power of the man who sowed good seed. Take heart. The Lord has prayed for us and prays for us, and he will pray for us still, our great intercessor, that our faith fails not, and that we become those that strengthen other wheat. But I prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. How do we become wheat in the Lord's field? Well, we have to fall to the ground and die. John 12, verse 24, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. What we're talking about is total surrender. The giving over of one's all in his hands, the man of the field. one's divinely educated, it's not hard to tell the difference between wheat and tares. The man sowed in the field. He sowed good seed. And Jesus wanted us to know that while men slept, the enemy came and intentionally sowed tares among the wheat. Total surrender. Is there such a thing as partial surrender? The giving over of one's all. Sowing and death to self that life might come. This is the way of the kingdom. This is the way of kingdom wheat. Legitimate, not false. And the result is much grain. You know, wheat is used for bread. One could say that bread is in the wheat. 
And may the Spirit of the Lord use this as he chooses, Ecclesiastes 11.1. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Does the Bible not say that those that lose their lives for his sake find them? Wheat nature and tares. Good seed sown by the man of the field. Embastard, wheat, illegitimate, false, sown by the enemy. Matthew 13, beginning of verse 25, but well men slept. I think that's so important that we note that. His enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said to him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath the tares? He said to them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Another parable he put forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. I don't know if you've ever seen a mustard seed. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Another parable he spake unto them, the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal, till the whole was leavened. All these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable he spake not unto them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. His disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said unto them, he that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And the enemy has had his time sowing tares among the wheat. Reading from the Amplified Bible, Then he left the throngs and went into the house, and his disciples came to him saying, Explain to us the parable of the darnel in the field. He said, 
He who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed means the children of the kingdom. The darnel is the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed it is the devil. Couldn't be more clear. The harvest is the close and consummation of the age, and the reapers are angels, just as the darnel, weeds resembling wheat, is gathered and burned with fire. So it will be at the close of the age. Knox's Bible, then he sent the multitude away and went back into the house. There his disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the tares in the field. He answered, It is the Son of Man that sows the good seed. Can you hear the word of the Lord today? The Son of Man sows wheat. The enemy sows tares. Field is the world, and the sons of the kingdom are the good seed. The sons of the wicked one are the tares. The enemy that sold them is the devil, and the end of the world is the harvest. It is reaped by the angels. The tares were gathered together and burned in the fire, and so it will be when the world is brought to an end. The Son of Man will give charge to his angels, and they will gather up all that gives offense in his kingdom. All those who do wickedly in it and will cast them into the furnace of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then at last the just will shine out, clear as the sun in their Father's kingdom. Church, there's only two options, wheat or tear. That's how clear this is. By the Spirit of the Lord, Psalm 72, 16, there will be an abundance of grain in the earth. On the top of the mountains, its fruit shall wave like Lebanon, and those of the city shall flourish like grass of the earth. Wheat pines for water. Wheat pining for water that it might become that which the sower desired. The Lord plants it, the Son of Man, good seed, pining for water that is pure and holy and right, pining for water that strengthens and quickens and satisfies like no other. Wheat bows for water. the living water, a posture towards that which it knows it so desperately needs. We're the closest generation to the second coming. Maybe you say it's not time yet. We don't know. Let them grow together until that great harvest day. We'd like to rid the field right now of all the tares. 
And they came to him, came to the man saying, should we get rid of them? He said, no, leave them. Let them grow together. And the day will come, the great harvest day. And there will be a separation. And the just will shine out. The legitimate and the illegitimate. Any wheat here today facing sifting? Let's have the worship team return. Please hear these words. You must understand that Satan seeks to sift only those who threaten his work. He goes after the tree with the most potential to bear fruit. But why did the devil desire to sift Peter? Why was he so anxious to test him? Well, for three years, Peter had been casting out devils and healing the sick. Satan had heard Jesus promise the disciples another baptism one of Holy Ghost power and fire, and he trembled. Now the devil heard God's ultimate plan for Peter. He realized that the past three years would be nothing compared to the greater works Peter and the other disciples would perform. Having already pulled down Judas, he would have to look for a measure of corruption in Peter to build on to make Peter's faith fail. Perhaps like Peter, you are in the sieve right now, being shaken and sifted. But you ask, why me? And why now? First of all, you ought to rejoice that you have such a reputation in hell. Satan never would have asked God's permission to sift you unless you had crossed the line of obedience. Why else would he spend his efforts harassing and troubling you, scaring you, and shaking all that you have? He is sifting you because you play an important part in God's church in these last days. God is doing a new thing once again in this last generation, and you have been set apart by him to be a powerful witness to many. He has set you free and is preparing you for his eternal purposes. Any tears here today? Facing sifting? The Lord's praying for you. The great intercessor. Rejoice. Got a plan for you to use you in these last days for his great eternal purposes. I wonder if there are any tares here today that are ready to bow, ready to accept with joy and gladness the chastening of the Lord that you might become legitimate. No longer false wheat.
any tear here today ready to have a father? Bastard wheat. Ready to surrender? Totally. Not just to pray a prayer. Set of words. But to surrender your life. To give yourself totally to Him. You know, the Lord lets tares remain, for He does not tear at His own. Harvest is coming. The close and consummation. Get ready. Are you ready? Do you know who you've been sown by? It's quite the parable. Son of man. Sowed in the field. Let's stand in the house of the Lord today.